Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Really fun first hour in the books here on Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. We're back. Lots to get to in hour two. We'll talk Michael's season-long predictions, AFC South, AFC West. We'll get Aaron Moron, VEASAN.com writer, to talk some college football and the Sun Belt Conference in particular. A lot of news and notes to talk about as we welcome you back. Michael's here. I'm Ben Wilson in for Stormy. Stormy and Chris on the honeymoon. Congrats uh, to, to the newlyweds as well. So I'll, I'll be in all week. Excited for that. Uh, and uh, we, we want to start, though, with what is on Michael's mind here in hour number two, Michael. And, uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things, for whatever reason, whenever you and I have been together over the last few months, it, it always seems like there's something new coming out of James Harden's mouth in Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, there's always something coming out of Philadelphia. I mean, the I'm incompetence, you, you can't, you can't, it's, it, you can't match the incompetence that has gone on in that uh, Philadelphia 76er building office. And this isn't just a fender bender. This has been a pattern of horrendous decisions going back, and Stephanie was kind enough to indulge me today. At the end of the show, at the, our last hour, I'll have the five worst 76er trades in NFL and NBA history of their franchise. That doesn't even go into. I didn't even include their draft day trades that were a disaster, nor did I include their draft picks, which were a disaster. Oh, so, boy. like, there's three elements of this. But what's on my mind today is – Harden made the announcement. By the way, you know, look, I'm not in any kind of great shape either, but Harden looked like he hasn't worked out at all this offseason. I don't know if you saw the picture of him talking or listened to it. But I did. It didn't look good. We, we, well, we also have the uh, we have we have the sound we can we can show as well where James Harden. Well, we'll just let him we'll let him say it and, and, and go from there. Mori is a liar, and I would never be a part of an organization with these words. He said it again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Morey is a liar. I will never be a part of an organization he is a part of. And yes, if you're watching us at Vison.com YouTube TV, you can see the not exactly svelte uh, offseason look that the James Harden is going with there, Michael. No, no working out. But look, I mean, as an executive, uh, I, I, what's on my mind really isn't just this. I mean, the Sixers are in checkmate. This is the second player 
that has come out and basically said he doesn't want to play for the organization. Now, that player, Ben Simmons, had some value. This player, James Harden, doesn't because Harden could have opted out and gone to Houston or somewhere else, but Houston said, no, we don't want you. You know, he could have gone to another team, but they didn't want him. They didn't want to pay him. So he had to opt back in. And the, and the discontent here is that he's not going to play. So where, what's on my mind is we're about a month away from reading that Joel Embiid wants to be traded. That, that's where we're about. We're about a month away from that because the 76ers are in checkmate. He's not going to play for them, Harden. And, he, and if he does, look at the condition that he's in. And so it's not going to lead to anything that's going to resemble a championship. We saw they finished third seeding last year. I feel bad for Nick Nurse, the new head coach, but he walked into a death trap. I mean, the 76ers have one move to make. They really have one move to make. They either get rid of Maury and believe what Harden says, or they're just going to grin and bear it. They have no first-round picks, right? They have nothing really to stand on the table for, and Embiid's going to not want to stand around for this. So if you can look past the obvious of today and focusing on what Harden said, play it forward, Ben, and now we're just a month away from Embiid saying, I want out. I completely understand it. I mean, it would make a lot of sense considering there have been a lot of rumblings just in the past where there are connections that Joel Embiid has to, say, New York and where the Knicks are, are in a position where they've been waiting to make the big splash for some time. And it's not just some, some unknown thing. Like, it is very much out there that New York has had their eyes on Joel Embiid for the kind of waiting for this to sort of blow up. And it seems like that is happening it's right now. It's going to. It's going to, but look, you know, Derek Bodner, the former beat writer for the Athletic of the 76ers, he started his own website once the Athletics got rid of all the local writers, and he's covered the 76ers for a while, and he put out a tweet today. Stephanie, you could throw that up there, too. Great tweet. It was great. Well, I mean, he missed some of it, too, here, right? He missed some of it in here, too, right? He, You know... Uh, he missed the fact that we traded Zay- we traded Mikel Bridges for a, a first round pick and and Zaire Smith. We missed that, but this is really kind of interesting, you know. Traded traded away uh, all star point point guard Drew Holiday to to tank right. Drafted two players who didn't play. And this is all comes down to these idiots that think the process worked right. They think it worked. Well, it works only like it does in Oklahoma if you can evaluate talent. It takes talent to evaluate talent. When you do stupid stuff like this, it's unfair to say the process worked. It didn't work because they couldn't pick the right players. You know, they brought in they, they brought in Mar- Markel's Fultz for a workout. They all said, oh, my God, he's not very good. Oh, my God. We picked him anyway. Traded a first-round pick to get him. Like, yep. you can't. This, is, this capsulates just a little bit of the incompetence that goes on. If you're Josh Harris or you're a Washington football fan, like, what is he going to do? How does he get out of this mess that he's put himself into? I I, I think he has one choice. Either he's going to allow Maury to trade uh, uh, Embiid when Embiid says, I've had enough, or he's going to have to get rid of Maury. It's just amazing to, to kind of read through that the tweet, too, from uh, from Derek Bodner. Because it's I, what I like how he set this up was he didn't even list any names. It kind of gives you that... Like when you read this and then you kind of apply the context, you go, wow, it is, it is just that start going back from basically one thing a year from 2013 all the way through 2023, the oh, latest they, being the they demand were so of a trade situ- by James Harden. 
when when that ball bounced up three times and went down the went down, they were so in perfect shape at that moment. They were in unbelievable shape, in spite of the Foles pick. They were in unbelievable shape in terms of cap room and flexibility, and they just made really bad choices. They took Tobias Harris over now actually they took Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler even though they watched Jimmy Butler run the team from the point guard position they watched him run it and lead him almost to beat Toronto they watched how Butler and Embiid meshed but they said no 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 we're going to have to kiss kiss Ben's butt because Ben's too good so they got rid of Butler everybody thinks they got rid of Butler because of Tobias Harris they got rid of Butler because Simmons didn't want him around and then they trade Simmons like you can't make this up like this is the perfect documentary for how do I destroy a franchise it I still my greatest regret probably in in any uh, amount of just interaction with sports figures was when I was behind Sam Hinkie in the cab line at NBA Summer League leaving the Thomas and Mack Center about 6 years ago should he get, there was a huge van that pulls up, one of those taxi vans, Michael. Sam Hinkie's all by himself. I should have just hopped in the van. Because there were so many questions. I, I, just, I just wanted to ask him about everything. The guy who orchestrated the process, Sam Hinkie in Philadelphia. I didn't. It's one of my great regrets in life. And, uh, and now I'm left. You know, we're, well, we're he gets a pass because he wasn't there for completion. But he traded the 21-year-old point guard to tank. He drafted two players that wouldn't play. You know, he drafted their third straight center. You know, he hired, you know, and then they were forced to hire advisors' son to run the team, Brian Colangelo. And then he went off on Twitter because Hanky was getting all this love from the from the Philly people that love the process. But if you just if you just look at what Hanky did when he was there in terms of the selection of players, it was horrendous. Yeah, the other part of this too, I just had to had to laugh as well. And by the way, Sixers are set at. You can bet this right now. I mean, NBA win totals have been out for some time. 49 and a half is the win total. Oh, you got to go um, under. This is going to be – he's not coming. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, Harden doesn't need the money. He's not coming. And like, they're in, a, yeah. they're in a trap. They're in a complete trap. There's no way he's coming to camp. They're in the same boat they were in when Ben Simmons wouldn't come. And the issue for books, we saw this happen play out in Brooklyn with, you know, with Kevin Durant and his eventual exit, is that – you know, books can't really just until like well, as long as the guy's on the roster, it's really hard for books to just presume. There's a lot of liability if the alternative were to happen and if somehow things were to work out where all of a sudden if you drop that number too much, now you're going to have a ton of over liability where you still have the stars intact. So they're kind of in that in that middle ground, no win position as a book. And so if you're better and you feel you have conviction about this and everything we've we've seen and read and heard does not give us much of an inkling that James Harden right. would be with the team. So team that won 54 games and has a ton of off-the-court issues going on right now, 49 and a half. You're only talking about a four-and-a-half win difference uh, from there right now. I, I just find that really interesting, and, and it's one of the rare I, I spots where how the books are kind of handcuffed. Even if he comes in, look at him. I mean, just look at that picture. Here we are in the middle of August. They're going to start – when do they start camp in September? Does he look like he's ready to play? We know his skill set was declining. There's only see. Here's why I think you have to believe what Harden said. I think Harden went to them. I think they went to Harden last year and said, "Look, you take less. We'll we'll extend you next year. You opt out. We'll give you three years when you opt out, and we'll fully guarantee it." Right. And so they were able to get PJ Tucker in, PJ Walker in. They were able to get you know some other players. And then when it came time to do that deal, right? When it came time to do that deal. I think somebody in the building said, there's no way we're paying hard that. He's not any good anymore. And when it's a two-year, 68-plus million dollar deal, 
like what what team right now, given everything we've watched, is in a position to say, you know what, that sounds like a great idea to to take they can't on trade another him. year. I mean, I, Maury's in checkmate. That's why yeah. Josh Harris has a decision to make now. If he trade, if he fires Maury, does that mean Harden comes back and they can get him in shape? We'll see. But they're in checkmate. And they're and they and, and and they're only going to add more to checkmate when Embiid requests a trade in a month. And I'm glad that was what was on your mind because that that is really the the bigger fallout. Because whatever you want to say, yeah. James Harden's about to be is in his age 34 season, and there are a lot more question marks there than yeah. You know, Joel Embiid, for all the health concerns, has still been just an elite center in the NBA now for some time, and that is a guy you want to build a team around, and that could certainly be a path going forward where Embiid. Uh, wants out. I, I, I don't think that's hyperbole whatsoever. Could easily see that being the case here in a little bit of time. Uh, we'll also finish up with, yes, I, I, I cannot wait to see this. Lombardi's list, the five worst Sixers trades of all time. We'll do that to close the show uh, in a little bit. Up next, though, we continue with Michael's full season NFL division predictions. We're doing the AFC today. We'll talk AFC South, AFC West when we come back here on the Lombardi Line. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. VEASAN, the sports betting network. If you want some help betting golf, then VEASAN has a perfect podcast for you. It's called Long Shots. Each week, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin, and myself give you two episodes breaking down every aspect of that week's tournament to help you as a golf better. We analyze the courses, run statistical models, and give our thoughts on all the top players. We also give out our favorite bets for outright winners, matchups, props, finishing positions, and more. Subscribe to VEASAN's Long Shots wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VSEN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month and will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with picks from every single on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VSEN betting splits and football contest strategies. You can become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our football season special 
and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $199. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. Speaking of those guides, which that $199 deal includes the college football guide, Aaron Moore, outstanding writer for us at vcin.com, college football focus for Aaron. He's going to join us in about 15 minutes. Right now, right now, though, Michael, we go back into your playoff predictions. We're talking just division winners today. We're doing the AFC today. We'll do the NFC as well as some wildcard teams tomorrow. So I want to go into the AFC South first and foremost with you. We open the show talking the Colts uh, with Anthony Richardson being named the week one starter. I don't think even the most gung-ho Colt fan, uh, Elliot uh, Bowman, I know we'll have as our producer this uh, this weekend. Even he is probably yeah. not pulling the trigger at five and a half to one. Uh, he wanted division. it, though. <laughs> I, I mean, he wanted it. All Colt fans want this. This is what they want. They don't want yeah. to watch Gardner Minshew. So they got what they wanted. Now we'll see if they can, you know, what it's, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be like, you know, it's like, the first draft of anything you write, it's not going to be very good until you get in there and fix it and change, move things around and do a lot of different things. It's not going to be pretty, but you know, it is what it is. But for me, as we talk about this, I mean, this opens the door for Jacksonville. You know, you're going to play against two rookie quarterbacks, Stroud twice and Richardson twice. Okay. And Jacksonville looks like they're really good on offense. I think Calvin really is really good. I think Tennessee has a chance to be really good, too. I think Tennessee's defense and the way Vrabel coaches. I went ahead and took Tennessee at plus 325 to win the division because I thought it was the best value. Uh, I was impressed with Jacksonville against against Dallas in the first preseason game just because their temperament, their attitude, and their execution. I know Lawrence threw an interception on the first pass, but, you know, that, that stuff happens. But this Tennessee team, to me, has got that DNA of Vrabel. And they can run the football. You know, I think that they're going to be better in the offensive line, which is critical for them, right? I think you could definitely see they're going to have a better opportunity to protect the quarterback. I don't think Tannehill's horrible. And I love the little kid that they drafted Spears from Tulane. I thought he was sensational last week. No doubt. And I, I look at this clearly opening up to be a, a two-horse race so far. If you look at our guide and basically anybody else, it's pretty much do you lay $1.55 with Jacksonville after going worse the first of season to go? given where they are at, seemingly they are the rightful favorite coming in, or do you view like that as just too much of a tax to pay? Do you go with Tennessee as the second choice? You know, I look at this starting the year just with you know, preseason ratings. I have Jacksonville about three points better than Tennessee on a neutral, which is certainly not overwhelming by any means. So I totally get, Michael, why you'd want to take a stab there at the plus 325. And kind of similar to what we talked about in the AFC East, where all four teams have big question marks at offensive line. I just wonder, so if Jacksonville, you look at the numbers last year, Tied for seventh in yards for play offensively, eighth in yards per drive offensively, in large part because quarterback Trevor Lawrence put up borderline top 10 numbers last year. But the O-line was really, really weak in run block separation, third worst in the league. We're bottom half in the league, 19th in a a pressure rate allowed on the passing side. And so when you think about bringing in a, a rookie in Anton Harrison projected to start at right tackle, outside of Cam Robinson at left tackle, who has been objectively very, very good for Jacksonville, I look at that as still being a huge question mark for an O-line that that very well might continue to cause havoc on that team. And I just wonder how much and how much longer will Doug Peterson, how effectively will he be able to scheme around some of those limitations as, as good as it worked in 2022? I think that's a natural concern to have for, for the Jags here. Oh, I, I'm like, to me, Jacksonville's a little bit like Detroit. I'm not ready to go all in. I mean, let, if you could, we go back to it, right? You know, let's go back to week 17 or week 18. I get confused what weeks they are now. You know, I mean, Jacksonville's sitting there playing Joshua Dobbs for Tennessee, and they're struggling to win that game, right? I mean, they're having a hard time. 
And, you know, it's a 17-10 game, and Josh Allen gets the strip sacks on Dobbs and wins the game. And then they get really far behind to the Los Angeles Chargers, and then all of a sudden there's this great comeback that comes in. So, like, I, I see deficiencies in Jacksonville's game. And, look, we know this. You know, one of the things that they have to do is improve the offensive line. And with Robinson being suspended and out, you know, and they're going to have to figure out Taylor goes to Kansas City. You know, they got Walker Little who started for him last year. Now he's going to have to become their best tackle until Robinson comes back. I think that's hard. Is Harrison ready to be the starter? I don't know yet. And any injury, I think if they lose ATN, I know they they drafted Tanks Bixby in the third round from Auburn, but if any injury to ATN, I think could be really problematic for him. Sure. And and I just wonder, especially in, in the year-to-year up and down ebb and flow nature of the NFL. When you go from worst to first in a division like Jacksonville, win nine games a season to go, like how how much higher given the lack of real personnel additions out, outside of what we talked about in wide receiver yeah. Calvin Ridley, like how much higher can you really anticipate it? And betters are betting like they already know Jacksonville is winning at least ten, if not eleven or twelve. I've heard a lot of buzz about the Jaguars being you know, sort of a sexy number one seed pick because of the weak division that they could get right. to thirteen potentially. And so you mentioned with Cam Robinson at left tackle, the four-game suspension uh, for for violating the the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. Like how you know what? Like how much more can you really gain? You can still be a good football team and go nine and eight if you're Jacksonville and potentially yeah. still win the division. But it, it seems like it's gotten a little bit out of hand. I I don't sure how good they are on defense. Right? Are, are you sure? Are we sure they're really good on defense? I'm not sure of that. Right? You know they're what they were 16th in sack percentage. You know, uh, uh, I mean, they they were not, you know, uh, they were not great in terms of when you look at average drives, they were 30th in the league in plays allowed, you know, 25th in the league in time of possession by the offense and 26th in the league in in drives in, in yards per drive. How good are they? Were twenty fourth overall in the league in yards allowed anyway? Now they were only 12th in pass in points allowed, but still. I'm, are you convinced they're great on third down? I mean, third down defense last year, Ben, they were 29th in the league. Sure. And when you go from – you have all those defensive numbers you laid out, and then you think, okay, how were they able to just bend but not break all season? Well, when you're top seven in the league in turnover margin, that's a pretty easy <laughs> example of that. And the Jaguars, you look at how those those numbers yeah. turnover-wise, it, it tends to be very volatile – year to year and so you know Tyson Campbell as a as a corner did have market improvements in his second season but I look at the rest of that unit and I go I mean, that's a bottom six bottom seven grouping in the league you think about Darius Williams Trey Herndon Andre Sisco Rayshon Jenkins you're you're just projecting you have to assume if you really like Jacksonville to make a run this year that they're going to get from at least one or two of those guys major major leaps which is always kind of hard to just assume I think what you're you're assuming too is Travion Walker is going to be the the number one pick overall in the draft Right. We saw Devin Lloyd, their other first round pick last year, get benched and come back. I mean, they moved a lot of pieces around last year. Now, they, you know, they, I can't say his name, but Ola Kuhn, the linebacker, I think that's how you say it, is, you know, he's a tackling machine. That guy makes a thousand tackles. But they need pass rushers to really to, to really come through. They need Josh Allen, who was good last year. and They need Travion Walker to be that dominant edge guy. Now, we saw what did they do? They brought in Clowney. What does that tell us? How does Clowney play on the edge on sub situations with Allen? Like, where's Walker play? That is a good question because I, I, you, when we're gonna have to find out how that. Now all, they haven't uh, signed him yet. Out, they haven't right. signed him yet. But right. where does he play? 
Like that's telling you something without telling anything. Sure, and especially when you're having to lay a dollar fifty-five season long to make that bet. It's why I think it's only natural to be a little bit hesitant uh, as a better. The team, Michael, that is the heaviest favorite to win a specific division, minus one sixty-five. The Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. Are you are you in line with where the market is at here uh, as far as that divisional champ? Yeah, I can't imagine. Look, I don't think they'll have a, one thing about Andy Reid. He's pretty. You know, he he repeats. You know, he he repeats. His program, and as long as they've got Mahomes, I think they'll be good. He's tried to improve the offensive line with Sine and Taylor. How good Donovan Smith will be, he wasn't very good last year for Tampa Bay. We'll see. I think the question mark is defensively. You know, are they going to be able to get the pressure that they need to get from the edges? We know Chris Jones, you know, 15 and a half sacks. He'll eventually be there. 40-some hits on the quarterback. Just remarkable, right? Had a great season. Nick Bolton's one of the best players on defense. But, again, you know, this team relies so much on Mahomes to do it. Tony's already hurt. You know, Rasheed Rice, is he going to be good enough? Is Watson going to – I mean, there's some question marks in their offensive skill position. No doubt. And but it's, I, I don't yeah. know how you go against them. I really don't. I feel the same way, and it's like can Charles Amenahu, if he takes a, if he takes a leap, a guy who struggled staying on the field, can that be somebody that on the defensive line opposite Chris Jones and, and maybe a you know an upgrade from Frank Clark potentially at edge defender that that could be a possibility, but you know reality is with what I mean Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs had a top five hardest schedule last year. A lot of people thought it would be a big yeah. comeback down to earth, and they smashed all those expectations win the Super Bowl. Similarly tough schedule this year, but when we've seen them do it, they've been able to manage that schedule really well. I see no reason to believe that even at a, a really expensive price at $1.65, the Chiefs are not going to be uh, the the right side, right team to come out of that division. I mean, they win close games. That's what they do. They find a, Last year, there was a lot of games that could have gone the other. They find a way, because they're great, to win those close games. Helps when you have the best quarterback in the league, in Patrick yep. Mahomes, too, uh, assisting you in that role. We're going to transition, talk a little college football. Aaron Moore, VEASAN.com writer, joins us. Give his thoughts on the national scene with Georgia, and then we'll dive into the Sun Belt Conference. That's next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Big shout-out today to our producer, Steph. We got Nick, Mikhail, JB, Andre, Rob, Troy, whole crew here at the Circus Sportsbook Studio, downtown Las Vegas. A pleasure to be in all week for Stormy and Femi. Brand new episode, by the way, the GM Shuffle up now. I was really enjoying the Twitter banter uh, this week between you and uh, you and Femi getting all excited about. Uh... <laughs> oh my God, Twitter Femi is the best. I love, I love Twitter, Twitter Femi. Femi. I, there's nothing. I don't know where he lives. It's the Bat Cave. When he drives into that Bat Cave and becomes Twitter <laughs> Femi, goes down the pole, you know, and he got his uniform. And he's Twitter Femi. You know, um, on the podcast, he defends everybody. He's the greatest uh, defense attorney in the. He'll defend anybody. Now he would not take the Trey Lance case on. Now, there's a lot of people that will take the trade. Yeah. Still take the trade. I mean, can, Ben, can you imagine Trey Lance is 50 to one to win the MVP? Still, <sighs> that's kind of amazing. Uh, we're going to dive into that tomorrow because there were some interesting comments uh, from, from uh, earlier uh, today. We're going to we're going to talk about all. I, all I know is the only thing better than Twitter Twitter Femi is 
Las Vegas pool party, Femi, which I've had an opportunity to uh, to witness. So I, that's all I'm going to say. Femi, great guy to be around at, uh, at, the, at the old Vegas pool party. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, let's get to Aaron Moore, VEASAN.com writer, also sports media professor who joins us, done an outstanding job, uh, especially breaking down all things college football in our guide as well as online. Aaron joins us right now. We're going to talk some Sunbelt specifically today with you, Aaron. It's a great uh, smaller conference to try to break down and extract some value from. Before we get there, though, Georgia just named not a unanimous, but nearly unanimous number one uh, AP preseason poll team, trying to do what only Minnesota back in the mid-1930s has done, go back to back to back. Now, where do you stand on Georgia just overall coming in at just over 2-1 to one here to win the Natty? Well, well thanks for having me, Ben. Uh, looking at it from Georgia, you, you never want to say there are sure things, right? It's, that's why it's a betting network. That's why we talk both sides. But if you're looking at Georgia, you're looking at their futures. You can get them national championship plus 200 or so. It's just hard for them not to get to that playoff game, those final four teams. And looking at all the options you can make betting-wise or taking them at that two-to-one, boy, I think you got them in the national championship game. And once they're there, in, in uh, December or so, January, you're going to be really happy right now you got that two-to-one ticket because they really do look like they have the track to that final four. Aaron, is there like is there a team in that, you know, I know LSU's a popular pick. I, 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 I'm uncertain about Tennessee because of Milton. The quarterbacking market kind of makes me wonder, although Tennessee returns so many guys defensively, is there any team down there, Penn State, Tennessee, that you think's worth some pizza money to play as, as a potential national champion? I think from a pizza money standpoint, Michael, look at what happened last year with, with getting a, a team in from the Big 12 to go to the championship. Uh, you're always looking at a Big 10 team. You're always looking at an SEC team. So the Big 12 got their foot in the door. And I think just from a pizza money standpoint, you can get Texas in that 20 to one range. It's not necessarily a bet I want to make, but I do think you look at precedent and what happened last year with the big 12, then what you have with Texas is certainly an option to consider at 20 to one. No doubt. Uh, as Aaron Moore joins us right now, follow him at pub relation prof. As we're now going to talk some Sun Belt. It's It's a fascinating conference just in the midst of, general conference realignment. And so the Sun Belt hasn't been hit as hard as some of these other leagues. You talk about you know, the the uh, Conference USA, bunch of teams going to the AAC and a number of other schools as well. South Alabama, the Jaguars favored to win the Sun Belt. But this is viewed to be a, a really, really tight race. You have five teams, seven and a half to one or shorter here with the the Troy Trojans second on the odds board at just over three to one. Both of those two teams I mentioned in the West Division, Coastal Carolina with quarterback Grayson McCall back, even though they lost head coach Jamie Chadwell to Liberty are the favorites to win the East division at plus plus one sixty-five and five to one overall. Uh, what, what's your approach as we start on that East division here where you have the best quarterback pretty much unanimously in the conference in McCall, but what do you expect out of the Chanticleers now that it is a new head coach and a, a generally new look in 2023? So Ben, if you look at it, if we're talking about just college football in general, big conferences, power conferences, small conferences, it's very hard to find a better quarterback than Grayson McCall. And I think that's where you have to start this handicap with the Sun Belt is you get Grayson McCall back for the last three years when this guy plays, Coastal Carolina wins. He has a 28-4 and record over the last three years. So I think that's where you start. And, yes, they lose their coach, Chadwell, to Liberty. They get Tim back, and we're expecting them not to be as much of an open offense as they were the last couple of years, but more of a possession 
kind of take some time off the clock. And I still think that will help McCall because you have, as I said, really one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And I think if we're looking at it from a future standpoint right now, betting that if you can get Coastal Carolina to win that East division, because so it's so heavier in the West, that you can get Coastal at plus 165 to win the East. That was one of my favorite bets that I've made in the Sun Belt because the, the Sun Belt in general is good up top, good in the middle, and on the East, you really have Coastal, App State, and perhaps Marshall into the conversation, but I really think it's a good opportunity to focus on what is so important in college football, and that's a great quarterback in McCall. You know, when I look at these smaller conferences – uh, everybody focuses on the good. I, I think the book sometimes can't quite get how bad bad is, right? So let's talk about Terry Bowden's Warhawks, the University of Louisiana Monroe. Uh, you know, their projection win totals three and a half. Now, I don't know if you get any worse than they were last year, but were they? I think they were like 100th in offense and ranking, 124th. Def- I mean, they were bad, 85th per play. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, do you see any chance to not take the under three and a half win total? So if you're going to look at it, and I love it, Michael, we look at a conference, we talk so much at the top, but let's go for the stink. Let's go to the bottom and see where it's there because there's not a lot of attention and the books make those lines and they don't really have to move them that much at the bottom because so much public attention goes to the top. So Louisiana Monroe, three and a half wins, very, very difficult for me to even think they get four wins. Definitely look at the bottom. Look at a team like that, three and a half wins. You can certainly go under. That looks like a good bet. Only 150 to one for the fighting Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe to win the Sun Belt this year. 60 to one to win the uh, the West. Bringing up the rear and the odds board as Aaron Moore joins us talking a little Fun Belt for 2023. So we look at the West, South Alabama plus 155, Troy plus 160. You can kind of split hairs on uh, as far as the odds board with it being so tight and, and who you prefer. But if there are bet or bets to make here, if we're talking Western division specifically in the Sun Belt, as well as some win totals. How would you look to attack that there at the top of the board? So, Ben, I think it's good a way you said splitting hairs. I have both of these teams power ranked the same. They both come in very evenly. So here's a possibility that you can attack that West board with, that you can get USA plus 155, Troy plus 160. An option is to take both of those teams to win the West. It's very likely that the West comes from those two teams. So if you want to lock in a profit, you want to take a more of a conservative approach because these two teams are the two teams in the West, or the, the two best teams in the West. They uh, rate out a little bit higher than coastal in the East. You could take those two teams, lock in a profit. Your next team in the West is Louisiana Lafayette. They're four to one to win that division. So clearly that these are the top two teams. That's an option. One of the ways I also looked at it with Troy and USA being so equal is how can I play it differently? And you look and you shop and you find different win totals. And particularly at DraftKings, you can find conference win totals. Mm. And you can get Troy at five and a half conference wins. Now, it's minus 175 to take the over. That's obviously a lot of juice. But you can get that five and a half wins. I feel, feel very, very comfortable taking the over on that when you can see other books have them at six. So the five and a half conference wins for Troy is the way I'm going because, as you said, Ben, these two teams, Troy, USA, very, very equal. And you got to assume the winner comes out of that Western division. What do you expect from Butch Davis as he returns to college football at Arkansas State? You know, he's won everywhere except for Tennessee. 
Well, I know Arkansas State isn't wasn't a good team last year. They return eleven starters. What do you expect for them this year? Their over total is about four and a half. Yeah, so if you're looking at the the Sun Belt, one of the interesting aspects, Michael, is you're talking about uh, Butch Davis coming back. Well, Clay Helton sure did something uh, to resurrect his career last year at Georgia Southern. So you can get Arkansas State at four and a half. That number is pretty consistent across different books. Um, you got to like what they have in Butch Davis. But the the problem with that win total and, and why I didn't take that either way, Michael, is I think that middle to lower section of the Sun Belt is very even. Yes, you have the Louisiana Monroe near the bottom, very low. But that middle to bottom aspect of that conference is pretty even. And so now you're looking at it, those four and a half, five wins, it's going to be tough for them to get there. Especially when you think about the non-conference schedule. When you throw it in for all these group of five conferences, can make it really, really tough. Aaron Moore, tremendous insight on the Sun Great Belt. job, Aaron. As thank always, you. a pleasure having you join us here on the Lombardi Line. Thank you very much, guys. Good follow luck. At, uh, thank you, Aaron, at the Pub Relation Prof. When we come back, the moment we've been waiting for, Lombardi's list, the five worst Sixers trades of all time to close the show. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip. 
and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days of issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, a big thanks to Aaron Moore for joining us here on the network. He also likes Southern Miss under five wins as well. So always great to get that insight on some of the smaller uh, conferences, Michael, as we're back for the final time little pro tip for the show to give you. We talked about this earlier. Just make sure you're exercising caution when you blindly follow some preseason line moves. In week one, if you did that, I I just kind of tracked this manually, Michael. 14 of the 16 games had moves of at least two points. Mm -hmm. And if you just blindly chase those, you only went six and eight. So it's not just some... There's sometimes, I think, a narrative that is, oh, yeah, NFL preseason, super easy to bet. You just have to know who's in, who's out. It's really not that simple. So no. exercise I mean, caution. Look, remember the Saint game? I mean, everybody, yeah. because Mahomes was starting, that line moved well in favor of the Chiefs, you know, that moved away from the Chiefs and to the Saints, and the Saints end up winning the game and playing well. So, yeah, be really careful. Yep. I mean, be really careful. I, I think you have to be really careful, too, when you're when the teams practice against one another because now you just don't know what's going to happen in the game because a lot of the teams will get their veterans to work during the week. So you have to be careful there too. Sure. Two games already for week two. And these lines were just released yesterday at about noon Eastern that have moved three points. Eagles from one to four point favorites. There has been some buyback. You can find three and a half, but that's been a big mover past a key number in the Eagles Browns game Thursday. And then the jets opened a one point dog at home against the bucks. That's already moved to two. And even though, you know, passing through zero isn't as big of a deal. Keep in mind, Coaches don't want to go to overtime, Michael. So we've seen a lot more games in the preseason land on one where coaches just get a late score and they just go for two. They either want to win by one or they're fine taking the loss. They just do not want to go to OT. So consider that. Uh, As a result, we also have one other uh, thing to get to, Michael. Before we get into Lombardi's list, which is the five worst 76ers trades of all time, really quick, (laughs) though, one of our loyal viewers, uh, Scott Branco, he's always, uh, always so kind, tunes in basically every day here to the Lombardi line. He had asked me earlier in the show, he was listening, I believe this was on Adam Chernoff's uh, podcast, uh, which he does an outstanding job of, the daily, the simple handicap. Uh, Adam's been a frequent VEASAN guest here, usually on uh, Follow the Money throughout the NFL season. So he says Frank Reich, head coach in Carolina, and his offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown, who was brought over tight ends coach at the Rams last year, are apparently not getting along. He wants your thoughts. Anything you, you've heard about that, uh, that within the room of the Carolina Panthers? Well, I, I think there's got to be some. I'm sure his offensive line coach, Campen's not getting along either. I mean, that offensive line was good. There's something going on down there. And, you know, I, I would say where there's a little bit of smoke, there's got to be some fire because Frank Wright's team looked lethargic. They looked horrible. They looked poorly coached. Uh, Thomas Brown's going to be the guy that everybody points to as the one who's responsible for this when, in fact, it might be Reich who's calling the plays. Look, Reich's 0-4-1 in opening games. We know this. He does a horrible job of getting his team ready. And what what was supposed to be his saving grace was he was a tough guy. And the longer things went in Indianapolis, the left toughness that team had. So I would be worried as a Panther. I mean, I thought the Panthers could win the South. I'm going to give it more time. But that outing there was poorly coached. That was an embarrassing tape for the Panthers. No question. And when I went through just looking at kind of the positional rankings for, for every team, like I, I looked at Carolina and kind of felt like, remember, that was an offensive line that was projected bottom five last year and, and really yeah. impressed. What way, went way over expectation. And I look at where Carolina's at coming into this year and you think about some of the defensive losses they have. 
Like you could have made a case coming in that Carolina's strength was actually at offensive line, and that certainly doesn't look to be the case. Again, I don't want to overreact no. to one preseason game, but they looked awful, and that is putting it kindly in week they, one. I think what the, the thing we have to say is they looked really unprepared. That that is what's what it bothers you the most when you're unprepared and your players don't play with a lot of intensity. You're, you know, Bryce Young's first home game in front of the fans, there was no zip to their team. It was really, and so, look, if, if I were Jeff Tepper and I fired Matt Rule and it didn't hire Steve Wilkes, who almost got me in the playoffs for this, I would be upset. Like, I don't know why people aren't saying, wait a minute, you hired Frank Wright and you didn't hire the guy that almost got you to the playoffs? Like, to me, that was an injustice to begin with. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And the way that game played out, I mean, Carolina barely had 100 yards, you know, going into the final drive and got shut out against the Jets. So whether it was Matt Corral or, uh, you know, or Bryce Young at quarterback, not a good start. But again, one preseason game. We'll, we'll see how the Panthers look here in the coming, coming weeks still in the preseason. All right, final five minutes of the show, Michael. I've been waiting for this all day. Lombardi's list. Yeah. Today, the five worst 76ers trades of all. Well, we got again. We got to put them in categories now. Yep. So there's so much there's so much meat on this bone here now as a 76er fan that you know this is just trade player for player. This isn't moving up in the draft. This isn't taking Larry Hughes over Paul Pierce. This isn't. We're not going there, right? We're not going in the dra- trading for draft picks. We're not. This is just player for player. We'll start off with one of my favorite 76ers of all time, Chet the Jet Walker. Hall of Famer, was really good for the Sixers. They trade him for Jim Washington and Bob Kaufman. Nobody knows who those two guys are. Needless to say, Jim Washington was supposed to be the star of the deal. It never worked out. Chet the Jet went on to have a great career at the Chicago Bulls. I actually started my love affair with Chet the Jet Walker. I thought he was great. He was a forward, could shoot the baseline jumper, loved him. Number four. This one's a doozy. This one's a complete doozy. This, this right? is the one, Michael. When I, I this give, this gives me me the most. Even not even having any ties to the Sixers, I get the most PTSD just when I see the name Andrew Bynum. But it's only the fourth worst trade. I mean, there's worse only. than this one. They trade for Andrew Bynum. They give up Iguodala, uh, Nico Vukovic, who Doug Collins said was too soft. Their first round pick, Mo Harkless, who's still playing around the league, and and a lot of draft picks. And I'm going to go out on the limb and guess this. How many games do you think Bynum played? Uh, it was it was not many. It was zero. That's the <laughs> answer. The digits. correct answer is zero. <laughs> he never played. Yep. Right? That was like that. How about that? Okay. I'm in Capri, Italy. Millie and I are on vacation. And there's this whole movement. Harold Katz wants to trade Barkley. Right? And it happens. It happens. I finally, it, it, somehow I get word. There's no cell phones. This is where it was. I had to go to a pay phone and call an agent friend of mine to find out the details of the trade. We trade Charles Barkley. Think about this. For Jeff Hornacek, Andrew Perry, uh, Tim Perry, and Andrew Lang. And no draft picks. Got no draft picks. Yeesh. Okay? Yeah. How about that deal? Barkley only took the Suns to the finals, right? Lost to Jordan. But no big deal. I'm Okay. I got one more for you. How about Moses Malone, the guy who won a championship? We traded for Jeff Rulin, who had a bad knee, and Cliff Robinson. Malone went on to win three more super, went, went to the All Star game three more times. Now, he wasn't the same player, but Rulin couldn't play. Rulin had bone on bone with the knee. Like, who's, who's doing this stuff, right? Like, who's making these trades? It's amateur hour in this building. You wonder why I'm a depressed fan? 
Now, the number one is we trade Will Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you don't, if you're trading Will Chamberlain for Daryl Imhoff, Chambers, and Archie Clark, you're insane. Now, I know he wanted to go out and play there, but this is one of the greatest basketball players of all time, Daryl Imhoff. Think about this. It's stupefying. Like how many people do you think now would if look at Imhoff, Chambers, Clark would even be able to name the the first names of all of of any of those three? Like I mean, th- I mean, think and, and, and I mean, look, Bynum for Iguodala, Vucevic, and Harkless and draft picks could should be the signature worst trade of any organization, and it's only fourth in Philadelphia seventy six or lore. Yeah, it's just it's amazing when you put those into context because, like, I as a previously long-suffering Milwaukee Bucks fan, not anymore. Not thanks to Giannis Antetokounmpo, like there were some bad deals, and but a lot of that was just due to small market, not willing to spend, and 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 all that. And yet, I you know look at your list, and it kind of blows even the sad state of the Bucks until about I mean, and, five and, years and ago. And so we get it in perspective now. This is just trade player for player. This isn't. You know, we didn't pick this guy or we didn't pick that guy. That's draft mistakes. Or we traded up for – I didn't put this, so this didn't qualify because it was for draft pick. We traded the first pick overall in the draft for Roy Henson from Rutgers with the Cleveland Cavaliers. You don't remember this, right? <laughs> and the Cavs picked uh, Brad Doherty. Pretty good. Uh, I mean, like Cavs you can't make this up. Yeah. That didn't make the list because it's in a different category. Right. Oh, yeah. My uh, yeah, the ones for me, I as a Buck fan, the Ray Allen trade to Seattle for three months of Gary Payton and Richard Lewis. That is always going to I still remember where I was. And that happened. I was a little kid. I wanted to cry. Well, every team. But we I mean, all make bad had, trades. Yeah, you know, we all. But this is this is a laundry list. Like when you're going on summer vacation, it's so long. I mean, this is a, this is so long. I, I could have added more. Just get it all out. <laughs> this is this is therapeutic. Summer activity provides. No, nah, it's the best. Thanks, Stephanie. Great. Great to be back with you, Michael. I'll see you tomorrow. We have plenty more headlines still to get to in the NFL. I will also do the, our NFC preseason predictions. That's tomorrow on the Lombardi Line. I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.